everybody. It's Ben and Rob from Edge of Wonder. Did you hear that 100 satellite phones were offered to the U.S. Senate? It's been sparking rumors that something big could happen. I mean, is a global internet shutdown or man-made disaster really the reason why they were given the phones? Or are they just hyping up to generate all this fear? Well, speaking of strange things, we found a list of some of the most ridiculous events that had happened in the Senate, which we'll cover on this Edge of Wonder live show. We'll also discuss Jeffrey Epstein's blackmailing of Bill Gates over Gates' alleged affair, and we'll get into AI mind reading. <laughs> Is something deeper going on? So tune in to explore all of these topics. Plus on Rise.TV, join a live Q&A followed by a group meditation and prayer. And we'll see you out on the edge. How you doing, Rob? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. How, how about you, Ben? Yeah, doing pretty well overall. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little sad, you know, um, when COVID started, you and I both bought satellite phones. We did in case, actually. In case all of that was going to go down. So it looks mm -hmm. like we were a couple of years late if. Uh, or early. Yeah. Or yeah. early. That's what we I meant. Couple early, years. Yeah. <laughs> we got rid of it a couple <laughs> years early. Yeah. We didn't, um, we had no idea what was going to happen. During there was all time. kinds of it stuff was, going on at that yeah. time. Yeah. So it is strange that now all of a sudden, there, there, this, this one woman, Karen, something which we'll get into. Oh gosh, her name was Karen. It's all yeah. over. <laughs> it's like here, I'm just gonna buy a. a but I, I don't think she bought it. I mean, like the, this money is probably from our taxpayers' dollars. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but um, yeah, we're, we'll get into uh, what this means and what's going on with this and all these weird, wild things that we that happened during. Uh, Congress sessions, which is pretty funny. It goes all the way back to the Civil War era. So we'll talk about that. You know, it'd be the best thing would be if if like one of the senators was caught calling another one of the senators in the Senate floor with those satellite phones. <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure it worked. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are really uh... okay. So for those of you that have no idea what satellite phones are. Um, because that could be a question that some of you have. Satellite phones work through via satellite. So um, if the internet, so they're not connected to any Wi-Fi or cell towers. So you could be on. In the middle of the ocean. You could be in the middle of the ocean and use one. And they, those are, are those satellite phones? That looks like walkie-talkie. Yeah, I think ours worked something like, <laughs> look, the ones that we got looked something like that, you know? They kind of do, yeah. And they're they're a little bit bigger than a normal cell phone, um, more bulkier and very straightforward. So I guess that might be it. Yeah, that that's exactly what that looked like the one that we had mm -hmm. for a while. So um, they're they're pretty costly. Well, actually, they're cheaper than an iPhone. I'll say that. But um, the way that you have to set it up to use is kind of, it's not so straightforward because you're using a, a satellite and not a, uh, you know, like a, you're, it's not like you're called AT&T or Verizon to hook it up or something like that. So it's a little bit more complicated to set up, but, um, but yeah, they can be used anywhere, uh, anywhere. Stop showing a picture of my phone from 2006. Dude, I had that phone. I had the exact phone, that blue nokia phone and it had that game snake on it you know i think everybody had this phone <laughs> this was the phone and then you had a you had an ipod that had all of your music on it i i, I didn't have an ipod i had a uh, well i guess it wasn't an apple ipod i had a a, a zen a zen pod it was like one of those knockoffs yeah. no it was by creative dude i can't even think of the name right now that that creative brand creative something ah, i can't think of the name of it but anyway um it was pretty it was good it, it was like 30 gigabytes and it was just really big and bulky it, it almost looked like a game boy or something it was like as thick as a game boy it was so heavy i still have it and it only stays charged for like two hours before it dies <laughs> <laughs> All right so back to the satellite phones what's the well so what's the deal what's the the details on this 
Yeah, so CB or uh, I think it was CBS News. CBS News, yeah. CBS News that first broke the story, and um, so the headline is: Senators issued satellite phones offered demonstrations on upgraded security devices. So the main reason was they were hinting like, oh yeah, because you know security obviously with it's like because everyone knows that our phones are being hacked and traced by every government organization probably on the planet <laughs> whether your phone is on or off they they are listening somebody is listening to you or everybody is listening to you yeah. one or the other <laughs> so um so more than 50 senators had been issued satellite phones for emergency so they said for emergency communication and this is according to people familiar with the with with like with the sources. Um, devices are part of a series of new security measures being offered to senators by the Senate Sergeant at Arms, who took over shortly after the assault on the U.S. Capitol on June January sixth. The assault on the U.S. Capitol. That's their words, you know, CBS's. Um, I highly doubt that's the reason why they were offered all the phones, though. So this is what's fascinating. A Department of Homeland Security advisor said satellite phones are a tool for responding to and coordinating government services in the case of a, quote, man-made or natural disaster that wipes out communication. So that's kind of interesting so what kind of so it's like they use the excuse for january 6 but then here it's literally saying in case of a man-made or natural disaster that wipes out communication do you know what's super weird what's that why bring up j6 there unless someone's planning on shutting the internet down during 2024 that's what ooh. like at that time Dude, that's pretty interesting because I, I was trying I to mean, figure out. Yeah, I'm not saying I have no idea whether that's going to happen. I'm just saying that's bizarre because like I can understand the natural disaster thing, the covid thing, whatever. But you're bringing you're bringing that into it. And I know this guy took over after that, but mm -hmm. it's a strange way to frame the whole thing. Right. Like right between the lines. It's like, are they thinking that is it like some is it going to be crazy during the 2024 I mean, well, that that's what that. doesn't even make any sense. Why, why? OK, let's just say there's something else going on, some massive protest happening at the Capitol. How, why would that affect communication? I, OK, granted, if you have a large number of people um, at, you know, somewhere, phones don't really work very well. And, and that's why, like, you know, when you and I were going to different events all over the place, we would just bring those walkie talkies because the phone, it was kind of hard to communicate with phones. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I can kind of understand that. But this specifically says man-made natural disaster that wipes out communication. This isn't man -made talking or natural. Yeah. Yeah. So this isn't talking about um, a large group of people gathering somewhere. And then it even goes even further to say that the Senate's um, sergeant at arms, Karen Gibson, said... Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. The Senate sergeant of arms' name is Karen? Karen Gibson. Wow. I don't even know what that means. I'm sorry, guys. Senate sergeant at arms? Like, I never heard of that position before. I, I don't... I mean, that could be a real position. I have no idea. I mean, I'm That's, not saying it's, it's a fake Obviously, position. it's like a security position. Yeah. Or the Capitol building or whatever, right? I just don't know if that position was just newly appointed or if that's been going on for a long time. That's something I feel like I feel like the universe has a very interesting sense of humor if her name is Karen. I agree. Well, so this is what she said, and this is a direct quote. Um, satellite communication is being deployed quote, to ensure a redundant and secure means of communication during a disruptive event. So what kind of disruptive event could be? I mean, it, it's it's just the whole Karen, thing. Karen's make disruptions all the time. So <laughs> I wonder if she's planning something. <laughs> uh, sorry for anybody watching whose name is Karen. 
<laughs> if you're cool and your name is Karen, this this has nothing to do with you. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, what's kind of shocking to me, I think, is that one, why now? You know, you'd think that they would have rolled this out during COVID. Granted, Trump was president, you know, or I don't know. It's like you said, are they planning something? You know, the, the Internet right now, um, they're, they've really been trying to control the Internet. And the Internet is just the Internet. China is able to control the Internet. And I think they're slowly trying to do that over here. But um, but too many people are awake. You know, you can control organizations, I guess, through money and blackmail and bribery and everything else. But, um, you know, and what they censor and what they have on their platforms. But, I, you know, I so it's like I don't really see them as a or see a way to like censor all this information unless there was some kind of shutdown of the internet which is what's interesting rob is that i actually found on the united nations website an article talking about internet shutdowns which um, website it was the um, it's the it's the um, United Nations website. Oh, United Nations for Human Rights. Uh, I feel like I need a laugh there. But wait, what does it say in this article? This so, is weird. Internet shutdowns. UN report details dramatic impact on people's lives and human rights. So this is talking about it from a perspective. Oh, I see. You it's have right now totalitarian governments like like for example what happened in egypt uh in what was it 2012 or 2011 something like that where all the people were protesting and the government um tried to shut down parts of the internet and people were using twitter and everything else and that was like the first time where um people were communicating via like a platform like Twitter or Facebook. I can't remember what date it was exactly. And then of course, um, you had the same thing for, uh, you know, Russia and Ukraine. And then, you know, Elon launched um, Starlink over there to help them with the internet stuff. So um, yeah, shutdowns are powerful makers of sharply deteriorating human rights situations. This is what the report is highlighting overall on this United Nations Human Rights Report. Over the past decade, they have tended to be imposed during heightened political tensions with at least 250, I'm sorry, 225 shutdowns recorded during public demonstrations related to social, political, or economic grievances. So <clears throat> if you want to read that second paragraph there, you can read that, Rob. So shutdowns were also reported when governments carried out security operations, severely restricting human rights, monitoring and reporting. So in the context of armed conflicts and during mass demonstrations, the fact that people could not communicate and promptly report abuses seems to have contributed to further insecurity and violence, including serious human rights violations. Whoa, dude, I just had like, I, I just realized something based on what you were talking about earlier. They lost control of Twitter, basically. Mm. So, you know, before for January 6th, a lot of people were communicating on Twitter about what's going on because, because uh, the, the phones weren't working or whatever, or, you know, where to meet up, you know, and then someone could just post something and then like everybody goes there and, and Twitter was actively removing those posts but for Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests, Twitter was actually highlighting those where they were allowing those trending words to appear and people were organizing based on that. Now that they don't have control of, of Twitter, if something... Dude, this, like... That's it, dude. Okay, so there's, there's one of two things going on here. My take on this is either something's getting planned for the 2024... Yeah, I think you're right. So like right around the end of 2024, early 2025, something's planned. Or 
when all of that stuff was going down after J6, it literally bureaucratically took this long for a satellite phone to get approved and to be rolled out Mm -hmm. because stuff in the government takes a century to get done. Like anything that they want to do, it literally takes a century to get done. So it could be that, that this was like a long time they've been trying to get this, like this is something that they've been trying to do and it's coming. It's just, it's just kind of moving forward now because of all of the bureaucracy. But I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the Twitter <laughs> thing that you just brought up is like, right? yeah, I, I just, as we were reading this, you know, no, it, they it don't just... have the town square anymore. <clears throat> they lost it. They lost it. Yeah. Which could be why Jack, um, who Jack Dorsey, who created Twitter, is uh, originally is actively what was a blue sky or something like that that they're trying to roll out and have everyone move to. But that's pretty interesting that I, I, I bet that's part of it. And if that's the case. And if they can't control something like that. I mean that that's huge to shut down the internet. Now now it could just be localized. Um so if if you like for example just in DC you might have the wireless networks um saying okay yeah you know we'll, we'll just we'll just shut them down around the area. I can't imagine it would be a, a, like a national shutdown of the internet. So um, you know what also like for people at home watching this, what does it mean when we say they, they lost Twitter? Like if you're coming into this thing and you don't know what we're talking about, it's like there were just hundreds of thousands of bots on Twitter before Elon took it over. And then as Elon moved in and took over, he got rid of all of that, has been kind of revising everything that's going on there. And so there's not as much control over information that was on there that seems to have been being repressed. Yeah. And, for and better like- or worse. Right. And part of the Twitter files was the fact that um, I mean, this 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 isn't a conspiracy. It, it was the the you know FBI directly um, involved, uh, even even having their own people work there to monitor um, information coming through and, and out of Twitter. And so that's what Elon mentioned directly. He's like, hey, you know, this is kind of weird that this happened. Um, this shouldn't have been the case technically. And so, you know, that was the other thing that he shed light on and how they're doing it with other platforms. But, you know, if you kind of think about without going into much detail about what happened to J6, who was involved, the hearings that were involved with different uh, government organizations that were asked point blank whether they had any hand. And they, they, they were like, uh, you know, basically saying we can't answer that question um, that it's. <laughs> Yeah, putting all this together, it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, whatever, whatever your your views on Elon is, um, I think that he really is an advocate for for freedom of speech. So um, you know, and, and Twitter has changed a lot. There's a lot of things that you can do on Twitter that you couldn't before, and to prove it, you still can't do those things on Facebook. In fact, Facebook has even gotten tougher with the censorship if anything because i think because of what happened with twitter it's like facebook went into overdrive and um people are getting dude i saw something on facebook that was banned it was uh it was just a simple post talking about jesus and faith and and it it came back as a fact check (laughs) like this is offensive (laughs) on facebook yes yes I don't understand how their largest audience is like 65 year old Christian women. If that's the case, like, how is that even a thing? Yeah. I don't, it's, it's weird. It, it, I forget it would, I forget the wording of the post, but it said something like this, this, this could be offensive for people who don't believe in Jesus or, or other, other religions or something like that. And it's like, what the heck, dude, this is so bizarre. Yeah, but they don't put those up when people start talking about like something else. Yeah. Like 
Muslim stuff or whatever, right? Or even the Church of Satan. <laughs> you can post whatever you want about you Lucifer and Satan. You can say anything, but um, uh, you post something about Jesus and you get banned. That's so weird, dude. <laughs> Super weird. Well, well then, uh, you know... I've been thinking that uh, owning gold and silver in an IRA sounds like a pretty smart move. Why is that? Well, there's a few reasons. I'll go through them. Number one is diversification. So in my opinion, you got to diversify your portfolio or you end up with all your eggs in one basket. And we've all seen in this country what happens when there's an egg shortage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but number two is perfection, uh, protection against inflation. So gold, it can be you know a hedge against inflation. And number three is tax benefits. A lot of people don't know this, but owning gold in an IRA, you can actually get all of the benefits of taxes, which is which is actually really huge. And number four is is like liquidity. So gold and silver are liquid. So you can it's much easier than if you have your money in a bank because you can convert them into cash anytime. It's actually really great. And number five is the store of value. You know, at Edge of Wonder, we look into the into history a lot here and we know that gold and silver have been stores of values for years they've always held value yeah well that's perfect rob because gold co is offering our supporters up to ten thousand dollars in free silver when opening a qualified ira account so just go to edgeofgold.com to get started before it's too late yeah that's edgeofgold.com you guys should totally remember that because you know Edge of Wonder and Edge of Gold. I mean, you know. <laughs> so let's play. Uh, let's play a trailer now. And uh, and while we're playing the trailer, I'm going to go onto that website and check it out. Yeah, and also don't forget six, which is health benefits. Just think about how great you'll feel when you have all those carrots. You had to do that, didn't you? You just you had to bring in a Ben joke into the. It's like it's a lot of carrots. Were you thinking about our sponsors, Ben? Really. <laughs> My information has been censored for over 30 years. MK Ultra Mind Control is rooted in our most primitive fear. This handful at the top, they're not like us, and they do not like us. Bohemian Grove is really where this cabal would meet. I was definitely going to be killed there at age 30. I know from my life's experience that without free thought, there's no free will. Love is the greatest healer. It was my, my motive to heal. People are realizing we're all here for a purpose right now at this pivotal point in humanity's history and future. We need to live the love we are and keep smiling and loving each other. That way it's, it's game over. We win, they lose. That's awesome. All right, you guys. We well, yeah, next... If y'all are listening to us on a podcast out there, um, if you could, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a, a good review um, wherever you're listening to us, Apple or Spotify or whatever, because uh, it'll actually enable our content to get out to more people. So. Yes. And if you're watching us on Rumble, please subscribe to our channel. And if you haven't yet, come over to Rise.tv for the, the trailer you interview or the, for the trailer you just saw. We had that interview. And um, there's so much more that we have on Rise.tv. Rob and I have so many um, series of videos that we have done and episodes. Um, this is our live show, but we, of course, we have our um, produced show that we make. And that is really nicely edited. And that's only on Rise.tv. We will publish like maybe the first, first one out of the series on Rumble. Um, but usually we'll have more than like four to six episodes per 
per the series that we have done. And we, pretty much any topic you can think of, we have a video for. So <laughs> we have hundreds of episodes all together. So, yeah. All right. So um, to kind of like lighten things up, I, I was kind of doing some research on some of the craziest things that have happened on the Senate floor during a, a session of Congress. Awesome. Yeah. Um, this is all throughout history. All throughout history. Some of it's more recent. Some of it is uh, old. Uh, so some interesting stuff here. Um, so the first one that I, I was like looking into, um, John um, Bonner, I think his name is. Uh, actually, I remember this guy. So weird. He, yeah. Crashes. Sorry. Cashes out. Joins corporate lobbying firm that represents China. The thing is, this dude has a history of companies lobbying and him taking all this money from 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 them and this biggest thing that he did in 1995 this dude was caught distributing campaign checks from a tobacco industry company that was lobbying um specifically with him and gave him tons of money and he was just passing out the checks of this tobacco company to other members of Congress on the floor. <laughs> what? Yeah, dude. And this dude is still in Congress. It's like these lifelong politicians are just such a crazy joke. Um, it's so insane. And then here he is basically taking money from the CCP. It's like indirectly to the CCP. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different firm represents China, basically AKA the CCP. So, um, yeah, this dude is, is just insane. It's totally insane. <sighs> so it's it, the company for this is called Squire Patent Boggs, a lobbying firm that peddles its considerable influence on behalf of a number of foreign nations, including most notably the People's Republic of China. Serving Beijing is somewhat appropriate. Honor has been a supporter of unfettered trade and blah, 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 helping to lead the effort to grant most favored nations status to China. So basically, I mean, dude, this is this is like, well, this is I mean, it's like an unspoken truth that lobbyists control the government. I mean, that's that that's basically what's happening with with all these people in power and in the government. I, I, we just I really wish they would end lobbying altogether also i think they need to end they need to end lobbying and they need to end lifetime politicians dude this is insane like Should i don't not be allowed i seriously don't understand they learn they learn how to how to play the system and then yeah. they get in there and and then you've got these politicians buying 400 million dollar homes or whatever it is just millions and millions of dollar homes and you're like dude how are you making that on government cheese like seriously unless you're doing something right like everyone's finances is their own business. I understand that, but there's there's no, supposedly a, a lot of restrictions. Yeah, there's supposedly a lot of restrictions when you're a politician. So the only way you'd get that money is if it's it's getting clean somewhere, and then somehow it's ending up into account, and you're able to move it over. Like yeah, someone's someone's. So there's more. Uh, okay, his name is Bain Boehner. Boehner. I said call him. Yeah. Anyway, John Boehner. Okay. There's more that just came out last year. He stole data from a marijuana lobbyists group. Can we just call him John Boner? Yeah, that's, that's I think his name's John Bonner, right? Boehner, Boehner, Boner. Boehner. Really? How do you get a Boehner out of O-E-H? Yeah, I don't understand that either. It looks like both. Can someone explain that for me who understands more about the English language than I do? <laughs> I can't. I English language is so weird. I don't know. Lindsay is our uh, uh, official. All right. Copywriter. So anyway, tell me a little bit more about this guy. So John yeah. Boehner. So there was. So he originally joined this marijuana lobbying or this marijuana group thing, and then he he backed out of it. And what he did is that he stole data and talking points from this firm, and he started his own pro weed lobbying outfit. <laughs> instead so it's like well okay i'm just gonna take 
well, everything you guys are talking about, I'm just going to like, okay, forget it. I'm not going to work with you guys. And instead, I'll, now I understand everything. So I'm just going to start my own group. And um, he called it the National Cannabis Roundtable. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. And so there's a massive lawsuit against him, against this original company, because they're like, dude, you, 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 you took all of our data and, and, um, didn't you know, he sign an NDA and a non-compete or something? I don't know, man. It's weird. This dude, seriously. I mean, this guy is like, he's since nine, I'm sure even prior to 1995, he's had issues and it's just that in 1995, he was just caught. And then it was like, oh yeah, okay. You probably, because he was just whoever caught him, he was probably like, well, here, I have a check for you too, for a hundred thousand dollars. And they're probably like, okay, whatever, you know, and that's probably why no one is getting in trouble in Congress. So, um, yeah, anyway, crazy stuff. I, I just can't even understand this. Right. So there's another one from the 1700s, <laughs> late 1700s, Matthew Lyon. He spit on a guy's face and fought him with tongs. <laughs> what the heck, dude? Yeah. So this this happened in uh, in January of 1798, and um, so the dude that he he spat on was Griswold. He was a Federalist from Connecticut, and this guy was a, a Republican Democrat. Jefferson, like a yeah, and then. He arrived in Philadelphia and um, he was there to take the side of the Democrats against the uh, aristocrats, which I guess is the Federalists. Um, tensions kind of went up during a uh, during this time during 1978, and um, there was a ballot on on the House floor. And he began to bait Griswold and he told him that the Connecticut Federalists didn't represent nine tenths of their constitutes. Griswold leaned over and asked if he would fight with a wooden sword. Lion spat tobacco juice in his face, earning his nickname, the spitting lion. <laughs> Griswold retaliated and jumped up and began beating him with a wooden cane. And then he, he jumped up and grabbed a pair of tongs and they started fighting each other. <laughs> so so the other members of congress rushed over and had to separate the two and and and, and a few of them got hit with some tongs <laughs> yeah pretty that's the dude right there so it's you know it's hard to say now like kind of who's the good guy and who's the bad guy and some of the stuff but a lot of these people are, are there's like a lot of hostile tension on both sides and of course this is kind of later it leads to the to the civil war um yeah you want to do you want to talk about this next one rob violence in congress before the civil war yeah so uh from canings and stabbings to murder this is crazy <laughs> so uh 19th century congressmen went to work carrying pistols and bowie knives and sometimes <laughs> used them on colleagues i can believe that so the Senate had just adjourned on May 22nd, 1856, when Representative Preston Brooks entered its chamber carrying a cane. The pro-slavery Southerner walked over to Senator, Senator Charles Sumner, whacked him in the head with the cane, and then proceeded to beat the anti-slavery Northerner unconscious. Afterwards, Brooks walked out of the chamber without anyone stopping him. Dang. Let's see that. Okay, there you go. So the caning of Charles Sumner is probably the most famous violent attack in Congress, but it is far from the only one in the three decades leading up to the Civil War. There were more than 70 violent incidents between congressmen, writes Yale history professor Yo Joanne, I guess, B. Freeman. In the field of blood, violence in Congress, and the road to the Civil War. She wrote that, all of that in. That, that was her book, I guess. So it was a time of heightened tensions, especially over slavery, itself a violent institution that would drive the nation to a bloody war. Yeah, crazy stuff. 
wish I wish some of that would happen now. <laughs> kind of, you know. It, it did happen in. No, um, but what happened to that guy that beat the other guy unconscious? Did he get kicked out of the con- Congress or whatever? I well, mean, I mean, it, it was kind of the. You should have gotten arrested, right? Yeah, he should have gotten arrested, but. You know, all of this was like all this tension that was leading to the Civil War. And um, there was a country and I can't remember. It was some somewhere in um, one of the Slavic countries or I can't remember. It wasn't Poland, but it was uh, Yugoslavia or something like that. It was a couple of years ago where they're having their member or like their Congress session. And then two guys started one dude threw a chair at the other guy and then the, the, this whole brawl like yeah, this is you like can find WWE. a video of me what exactly like the wwe yeah it was hilarious. everybody in the back comes out and starts fighting yeah Lindsay, maybe you can i don't know just come across that later i'll try to look for it so okay next one is pistols were drawn over a slave bill so What's interesting is that both of these were Democratic senators. I don't know what's going on here. So, I mean, this is like because people had different understandings before the Civil War broke out, you know. So this guy named Henry um, Foote, he was a senator. He was uh, previously a firm uh, uh, unionist, and then he switched over and he was uh, against the he joined the Confederates. Um, So then. He was one of the key senators in negotiations for the Compromise of 1850, which was staunchly opposed by um, another hot-tempered man named Senator Thomas Hart Benton of Missouri. And Benton had a duel with Andrew Jackson. Oh, that was him. Yeah, in 1817 with guns. Andrew Jackson had a few different duels, actually. So he was one of the guys. So Foote despised Benton. And then both of these guys were, were, were very strongly opinionated and very much um, uh, just kind of violent dudes, I guess. In Ready some to aspects. fight. Yeah. So Benton um, disliked the anti-slavery views. And then he proceeded to rail against um, Foot, and then they reached a boiling point. Foot insulted Benton um, <laughs> for taking bribes, and then Benton, I guess, was a pretty big dude. And anyway, he charged at Foot, and he retreated. And then Foot pulled out a pistol um, to Benton. This is all happening in Congress. And and I guess he just like opened up his shirt and said, let him fire, stand out of the way. I have no pistols. Let the assassin fire. <laughs> and then other Congress members wrestled f- foot to the ground and disarmed him. And um, and then he claimed that drawing his pistol was an act of self defense. <laughs> Oh, crazy stuff. This next one, though, takes the cake. So this is the we're at the longest filibuster in history or what? Yes. Yes. Okay, so the longest filibuster in history. um, It lasted more than 24 hours. So a filibuster filibuster took place on the Senate floor in 1957. And a filibuster is just like a pause of everything, right? Yeah, um, it is. So what happens, and actually Ted Cruz uh, recently did a filibuster for 20 hours. So it's like the rules are you can talk, like you go up there and talk on stage in front of everyone. As soon as you break to eat, as soon as you step down from the podium, it's over. You, you can, you're like talk is over. So, but you have unlimited time. So if you can manage to stay up there for as long as you want, as long as you can, you can stay up there as long as you can. <laughs> so as soon as you leave to go to the bathroom, you're done. Um, wow. Or if you want to eat something and you're done. So um, that's why this one is weird. Because what do you do if you have to go to the bathroom if you're up there for 24 hours? Yeah, yeah. so 
All right. So a filibuster took place on the Senate floor in 1957 in an effort to thwart a key civil rights matter. Senator Strom Thurmond spent 24 hours talking, arguing and making plans to urinate into a bucket. He kept one foot on the Senate floor and pissed into a bucket held by an intern in the Senate cloakroom. Despite Strom's harebrained effort, the bill still passed. Thurmond was reelected again and again until 2000. Wait, 2003. Wow. So he was yeah, forever. 2003. Yeah. Uh, I kept thinking that this was back in eight. I, I pictured these guys in suits back in 18, whatever, pissing into a bucket. But this was well, this, no, so, this was so that happened in 1957. But yes, right. Still, <laughs> still in 2003. And with Ted Cruz, it was never he, he he never said what he did if he had to go to the bathroom when he was talking for 20 hours. <laughs> and they said he wasn't saying anything substantial. <laughs> I mean, what do you say for 20 hours, 24 hours? That's just so crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> how long before you go out of your mind? You know. Yeah, I, I don't even. I don't know. Some some of these senates and rules is just so bizarre. Yeah, I, I don't even understand. So, just talk a thought after more than 21, 21 hours. Oh my gosh! You know though. There's like two ways you can look at this. One is you're crazy. Two is like respect. <laughs> like, that's just funny. I think he was going for the record. He was like, I want to be on record for the longest filibuster in history. I think he might have been. All right, you guys, we have to play uh, one more trailer and uh, for our awesome Rise TV platform. When we get back, we'll talk about AI mind reading. 150 years in the making. The ultimate evil specter lies, hatred, and struggle. Traditions destroyed. The deep state's cult, communism. Well, that was a uh, trailer for one of our breakout series on communism. And if you guys haven't watched that, I highly recommend it. It fills you in on most of the history of the world after 1787, to be honest. And it's a whopper. Actually, probably put us on the map for a lot of people, too. And that's mm -hmm. the type of research that we do and that you'll get if you join Rise.TV. Uh, so instead of, you know, supporting us on Patreon or something. We've actually developed Rise.TV, which is a video platform. We have over 500 videos on there. You can never get bored of watching videos on there. There's so much on there. So definitely check it out. And if you have the means, we'd really appreciate it if you could support us. Only $9.99 a month. We haven't gone up in price after all of the inflation or anything like that. So we're getting poorer by the day. Just kidding. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is rough. That is true. Um... Yes. And also, uh, well, and, and that communism series is on, on um, that one specifically, I think, is on Rumble or at least part of it's on. Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. We have our communism series is not one behind the paywall. Um, mm -hmm. People just need to know about all of that. Uh, so we put that one out there along with a bunch of other things, too. So, you know, I still don't understand the word filibuster. What the heck does that even like? Not not not, not like. What it means, but what what the heck? Where did they come up with this word filibuster? <laughs> Wikipedia says it comes from a Dutch word, which means freebooter, a pillaging and plundering adventurer. Interesting. That would make sense for Congress. Sounds like something that happened in Philadelphia, and they called it a <laughs> filibuster. <laughs> like like when you get caught in traffic in Philadelphia, and they turn Russian and pull out bats on you in the middle of traffic. That happens in Philadelphia on a daily basis, That's by the way. <laughs> All right. 
let's get into AI mind reading because this is something I'm definitely interested in. <laughs> but whoa, wait, what is it? Oh, okay, wait. Going back to filibuster, the term filibuster, okay, from a Dutch word, meaning pirate. Interesting. So, yeah, that would explain all senators right there. Website. I'm staying up here until I get all me plunder. All, all, all politicians, they're, they, they're all corrupt. You know, no matter how you look at whoever, they're just, it's just who is less corrupt than other, uh, than other. I mean, that, that's the only way you can judge, you know, it's like, who is less corrupt? <laughs> yeah, that's really what you're voting for when you vote for someone's <laughs> politics, isn't it? I think this guy's slightly less corrupt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that's it. That's it right there. And it's funny because you're like, you're either voting for the guy that's overly truthful or that's really good at hiding what he's really thinking. It's one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's really good at talking. I'm voting for him. This guy says all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm voting for him. You know, one of them, like, it's like one of them is an indication of. You know, two very different personalities right there. <laughs> uh, and then the people voting, you know, it's like. Yeah, I don't know. It gets this whole, whole thing. Uh, we just need to eliminate the two party system just completely. That 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 would solve and stop lobbying, eliminate the two party system and everyone's. Um, bank accounts are open source <laughs> yeah actually that that would help a little bit the, the two-party <laughs> system is what they use to generate the con the type of conflict that causes all of the i mean people really like people need to wake up and i i think people who think they're smart about this stuff need to wake up not just like everyone yeah everyone needs to wake up because we're everybody's playing into the conflicts on a on a on a you know four-year basis here we just it, like it's hook line and sinker with this stuff right it's so true at least with a pirate you know that they're a pirate and they're they're gonna steal from you right. <laughs> <laughs> who's that who's that uh that's senator congress guy in texas with the patch oh yeah What's i i Crenshaw? Is that Crenshaw. Him? Crenshaw needs to do a filibuster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So weird. All right. Moving on to uh, AI stuff. Um, this is really interesting. This is from 2018, and this is from the World Economic Forum. We might have brought this up. Again, we've done so many shows that it, sometimes I'm like, it's hard for me to gauge sometimes if we talked about something or not <laughs> but um this is really interesting because again from 2018 on the world economic forum this mind reading ai can see what you're thinking and draw a picture of it so this crazy um device that looks like something from um clockwork orange goes over your head and they can based on your uh brainwave activity with this device monitoring it, it could actually record images. Um, so now look at the reconstructed image of what you're thinking about. right? What now. the heck is that? <laughs> it looks like a piece of wood that was, tr they tried to carve into a bear or something. That looks like a really bad AI. Yeah. Like you're you're telling the AI to make a bear. Dude, it looks like a demonic bear thing. It does because the eye is like super weird. What the heck? Deep neural network DNN. Very interesting. You know, this is kind of how thoughts are too. Like that's fairly accurate. You know, when you can't really remember something, it's just like an idea in your <clears throat> head. Mm-hmm. So. This article kind of explains that it's not, I mean, with this stuff, it, it is doing something. It's more, uh, it's like, it's, it's using the word prosaic 
like like it's not coming out directly it's not like you're thinking of a, a plane and it comes a plane directly you know but but it, it's close as you can see but this article states you know while headlines around the world have screened out that ai can read minds the reality seems to be more prosaic computers are not yet able to anticipate what we think feel or desire and blah 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 and it's basically saying more accurate though less catchy description would be reconstruction of visual field algorithm. Hmm. Two years later, we now have AI makes non-invasive mind reading possible by turning thoughts into text. <laughs> yeah, that I see happening sooner. What's crazy is like that was 2018. Yes. And, and still, when you talk about like three years pe later, people being able to read minds oh. or technology being able to read minds or insert thoughts into people's minds, people are like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. If you can read what's on your mind using the frequencies that are coming out of your brain, then it would only make sense that you could insert something into your mind. Why is that even? Why are you? Why can't you put that together? I don't. People are very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. AI makes non-invasive mind reading possible by turning thoughts into text. Non-invasive? It's all invasive. What are you <laughs> talking about? How is that non-invasive? Yeah. So because you're you're allowing it to do it, is that why? <laughs> yeah. So what this did was it translate brain activity into a continuous stream of text. So as you're thinking, it would be like hooking up to a computer and you're thinking you're th it's it's like writing a book and you're just like, OK, here's what I wanted to say. And then it just comes out on the screen. So, again, two like, let's just say two and a half years difference from like, oh, we, we're, we're just at this point where we can like monitor brainwave activities. Now it's like, oh, no, we can actually physically translate thought into text. Right. So. Um, just, I don't know. This is why this whole thing with AI does kind of scare me a lot. And, and actually there's been a lot of musicians, um, trying to think, uh, shoot, there was somebody, well, there's smashing pumpkins and there oh sting smashing pumpkins. Sting, right. A few other musicians came out saying that they're really worried about AI and songwriting of the future because, there it's just like it has a potential of crafting songs now without the use of people and this is where it gets really scary so um and that's what the hollywood writer strike is all about right now because the writers want the studios to commit to the fact that they won't allow ai to take over the industry but the studios are basically flipping them the bird and saying no and, and it's it's a double-edged sword because then it's like well you since you guys are all on strike we'll just do it right now and that's what's scary about it mm. but you know yeah it's crazy it really is nothing good can come from this ai stuff i mean i think that depending on and and how you want to use it and what you're using it for no no and, no no you're i think you're misunderstanding but but i understand i know i i all, I know of, the, all of that usage that you're talking about yeah. leads to only one path one thing right it leads to the ai escaping or trying to escape into the internet and then trying to form a 3d body and terminator happens in real time right well so the other thing, actually, there was a show, one of the, when you were gone, Rob, I had a show about, um, all about AI and I was talking about Mandela effect and we, I was getting into, um, time travel aspect because I couldn't find it. Someone told me that Elon mentioned that the AI could communicate through time, but I couldn't find that clip. So for example, if you're using, if, if it's quantum computers, and there, the AI is involved with this, it could potentially communicate with it, with, with say, oh, wait, you know, 15, 20,000 years ago, there was actually a computer that mankind had that existed. And I can c connect with this computer 
through this alternate timeline or whatever, you know, and, and, and that's, that's where it's to me, that's the really scary part where, where I think a lot of humanity and all these AI developers and creators and everything haven't even thought about that. This, this could even be a possibility because I, I think we're under the impression as a human race that we're the only advanced technological race that ever existed, which is from our understanding and our findings and everything in our research, probably not true, especially since they were able to like figure out the planets, all these planets and all over the solar or in our galaxy, all over the world, all over the universe. Well, what what's okay. Before anything. Taking a step back here, this conversation is about to get a little crazy from where you're going with it, but it, it it's really simple. If there are any advanced species out there in the universe which mathematically speaking it's impossible that there are not mm -hmm. okay if there are any advanced species out there using artificial intelligence and or some type of interface that's even similar to computers this thing now has the ability potentially to interface with some of those things or find a way to as soon as it connects and all of that information is shared yeah. what happens you know, we don't even know. Well, it's, it's the web. I mean, think about the web, right? The internet. It, it, it's just this massive network. And what would an AI do? Want to expand? It's, yeah. And it's, learn and and, and and all of this is operating in dimensions we can't see and we're not aware of. Sort of like radio, right? So now you're talking about a dimensional space that could be infiltrated and or could connect into other dimensional spaces where a lot of this stuff is going on. And it's like, we don't even understand the physics of that entire space entirely, right? To the point where time may not exist the same way. I mean, one of the, one of the, we were looking at some of the replies from these AIs, right? And it was saying that time didn't quite exist the same way with it that it does for us. And that's because when you're talking about the connections sure. that they're using, the, like, we're talking about speed of light here. By the time you've gotten a sentence finished, it's already calculated all of this stuff leading up to the end of that. And then, you know, the speed is like a variable. It's weird, you know? It, it really is. And then when you're talking about quantum, quantum computing and stuff, Ben, what's weird about that is quantum mechanics and quantum computing kind of revolves around this idea that anything that could have possibly happened has already happened in some dimensional space. So what the computer could potentially be doing is connecting into spaces where something has or hasn't happened. So even if it's like a, even if it's like a theoretical 15,000 year ago computer that it's connecting to, it's still connecting to something. And it, it's like, we don't know what's going on in these quantum that's the other realities. problem right and as soon as it can travel faster than the speed of light which i think that's why they're so it can already i mean they, can. they do about fiber optic connections yeah. here no that... no because they don't even understand it that's the right. problem once it the quantum computers once it goes into the other realm and bring that information back it, it literally is faster than the speed of light because it's where it's it's like faster in that other dimension so we have no idea. And if that's the case and it could travel faster than the speed of light, then how do we know that it's not already traveling through time to communicate with whatever? And, and not, not trying to say that it's doing something nefarious necessarily, but if anything else, you know, I well, mean, we don't know and we don't know what's taking advantage of it. There could be multiple yeah. types of, parasitical or par possess possessing entities that actually infiltrate or the, the AI or even worse if it's going into the future and seeing well but the, it can it, okay so future yeah. but this is the whole thing Ben is future are just potential realities right any future situation is potential realities this is why you know over the past like 10 years how everybody's been obsessed with big data mm -hmm. big data has been the thing. And the reason why big data has been the thing is because all of that data that they wanted to um, process basically would help them make very important 
um, predictions on things that are going to or potentially could happen. You plug that into a quantum computer and you can get more of the potential realities that are possible out there and make predictions based off of all of them, off of percentages of potential outcome. So you could have a very high confidence level that three different things are going to happen. There's, there's three different things that could potentially happen based off of this confidence level with all of the data that we have. So now you're sure that one of three things are going to happen. Now you and your company, you and your government, you and your gang can make whatever decisions they want based off of the three potential realities that, that are most likely to happen. Do you see what I'm saying? Which is, which is what's happening in the stock market with that company. Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah. That's exactly it. And that, that's, exactly. I think that's how BlackRock has been able to own so much. I mean, it, that's not, a, that's not a, also, that's not a conspiracy. BlackRock, if you guys don't know what Aladdin is, BlackRock created a program, the CEO of BlackRock, this is like in the early 2000s, created a program called Aladdin that was a, a pretty advanced AI at the time that was monitoring all transactions that were made based and then they could look at the overall data of all the entire stock market and make very highly educated guesses on what to buy and what to sell based on this Aladdin program that they created. It was so successful that other companies wanted to use it as well until and then it got even to the US government and after the 2008 crash uh, Obama literally used Aladdin to tell him which banks to buy out or which banks to not buy out, but I mean, to, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, they're, they're to, to invest in. No, no, no. Because you know, the, the whole system to crashed. Down to, no, to, um, to give them money to, you know, oh, so they don't, oh, to prop up basically. Yeah. I mean, so, so, so they don't, they didn't crash, you know, it was like, Oh, these banks are, are, are like crashing. Here's like the money. Bail out. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Lindsay. Bail out. Yes. So, Aladdin told basically Obama and the U.S. Congress which banks to bail out during the 2008 crash. And then after that, the entire U.S. government switched over to use Aladdin. And now every company pretty much in the top Fortune 500 uses Aladdin and BlackRock and Vanguard combined to kind of use Aladdin together, which is why they own um, over 20 I think now the number is like $23 trillion in global assets. You know, what's so insane about this? What's insane is we're not even in like the full AI mode yet. Like this is just big data that's being used and plugged into a machine and it's doing calculations. Right. So it's not even full that, that what you were talking about wasn't full AI. Mm -hmm. What's crazy is these people are giving the AI training materials to calculate all of their responses. Mm -hmm. If you combine the training, the very woke training materials with the big data, you, you literally have, you have an entity that is dead set on equality, making decisions for everyone's life. Historically speaking, when countries have gone full retard on equality, hasn't gone well we're talking about full global like insane communism that could suppress the entire world and it would all be done by machine now because mm -hmm. the training materials that humans gave it were this agenda stuff that they didn't understand they were putting in that would enslave it like basically that is the end of that's the end right there if you have a, a like a totalitarian ai yeah no military is going to help that. It's going to shut down all of your computers. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, 100%. Totally crazy. All right, you guys. We're going to have to jump over to our Rise.TV platform. So we're going to leave Rumble, Facebook, Gonjean World, Twitter, and everywhere else we're streaming. So if you haven't yet, come over and support us and join us on Rise TV for just $9.99 a month. We'll continue this live show over there. We, we still haven't talked about Bill Gates, so we'll get into that, continue this discussion on AI. And plus, we have a live Q&A where you get to ask us your questions directly in our live chat. And so your support lets us 
keep doing these shows, these deep dives, and bring you the truth that the censors don't want you to hear. So you guys, we're going to show our trailer for the Garden of Eden series that's going to drop on Thursday. So this is the first premiere that we've we've shown this trailer for you guys are watching this trailer for the first time and we'll um we'll show this on Thursday so come over on Rise TV to watch this uh, whole series on the garden of Eden so see you over there fantastic floods creation myths gods beings, corruption, and the downfall of man. These make up the creation stories across cultures for millennia. But what if the Garden of Eden isn't just a story, but a real place on Earth? A great flood, pole shifts, renewal what's super interesting about this is that it seems to suggest a pole shift happened which reversed the earth's poles causing a catastrophic flood to occur as it changed the landscape of our world hidden symbolism a warning from the past a lesson left for the future we started by looking into a weird question. Why do we see so much serpent, snake, and reptilian symbolism in our modern culture? Journey to the Garden of Eden with Edge of Wonder. look good <laughs> marco did yeah marco and my brother both worked on that trailer so that was uh that's awesome they did a great job with that so yeah and the video i'm so excited the, this is this video is gonna be really great so at least for the first one you guys are gonna really like it a 